Uh, my name's Ben. If I've not met you, I'd love to meet you. And if you're listening online um, and you can't see me, about six foot three, 225 pounds. There you go. Big beard. So you can picture me as you will. So we're in a series called Set Apart. And I don't know if, yeah, a, a few, few weeks we're going to talk about being set apart. What does it mean to be set apart as the people of God, as the family of God? So Mosaic Church, we have a unique mission, which is part of what it means for us as a community to be set apart here in this location, in this time, in, in um, the 21st century. <clears throat> so our mission, if you look on our website and click about, this will pop up under mission and beliefs. The mission of Mosaic Church is to unite people in the way of Jesus. Now, there's a descriptor of this mission, and all of these descriptions, is the, the words that we're reading on our website, are a big thank you to Josh Siders. He's done a great job crafting some of these phrases and statements. And it says this, uh, It all starts with God, His initiative of love and redemption toward us. And everything we are and do flows out of that reality. So as a church, we would not exist except for God's initiating love and his purpose towards us. And everything that flows from this community is a result of that. So what are we set apart for or to do? In Acts 13, we read a story of the early church. Um, early on in the life of the church, it says while they're worshiping the Lord and they're fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So that type of experience has happened over and over and over again in the life of the church over the years, where there's a people seeking God. What do you want for us to do in this time and in this place? And then the people are set apart like that is now their task. Set apart, not just to be separate from. So set apart is kind of the word connected to holy or separate from. Not separate from so that we can go and do our own thing in our own little, little holy huddle, but set apart for a purpose to infuse the world with the grace of God and the message of Christ. So that process for us uh, in 2022, leading up to 2023, we were in a discernment period um, with, with a vision team and our elder team to ask the question, how is Mosaic set apart for a purpose here in Manhattan, Kansas? Heading into 2023 and into 2024 now. And so here's a, a statement from our website that gets at what we are set apart for. And it says this, in our increasingly divided culture, we seek to unite people in the way of Jesus. We at Mosaic aren't interested in building a fragile commitment around political ideologies, ecclesiological preferences, so that just means church preferences, what color is the carpet, what type of music do we sing, um, do we have pews or chairs, how are we organized as a church, or social economic strata. So we, do, we don't want to build fragile commitments around politics, uh, church business, or income um, divisions or, or just differences. 
Instead, like a mosaic, we seek unity in the midst of diversity. Unity around the person and work of Jesus. Diversity in everything else within the bounds of orthodoxy. So orthodoxy just means we are committed to the physical life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ who now sits at the right hand of God and will one day return and make all things right. So do you feel heading into 2024 the need for this type of purpose? This, this, the, the need for a people to be set apart to do this in our community. The uh, culture is as divided as ever, and I feel like every year rolls around. Do you guys remember 2020 when everyone was talking about Vision 2020 and we were all excited? Things are going to be awesome. At least I felt that. COVID hit, and it's been unrelenting. We talk about it all the time. We want to move on. We want to move on from the political divides and all that. But guess what? 2024 is here. Buckle up. It's time for resilience, stick The division is not going away. So we have a, a big need for Mosaic Church and what we discern to be our purpose back at the end of 2022. So our question is more, um, what does it look like to live the life of a Jesus follower? Not just the question of what is, what is all the correct theology that we must believe or say we believe when someone comes through our doors, but rather, what does it look like to live the life of a Jesus follower? We're not as interested in the question of, do I know where I'll go after I die, as much as, do I know how I will live now? course we want to think about where we'll go after we die. Jesus shed his blood. We put our faith in him. That's, that's settled. That's, that's good to go. Now let's talk about how do we then live here and now in the real lives that we live day in, day, after, day in and day out. So some of the ways in which we've discerned um, as Mosaic Church to be set apart as a church for a purpose and to prepare ourselves for this purpose are what we call these missional marks. And um, these are sort of embodied in our rule of life that we'll be jumping into, and we've touched on at the beginning of 2023, and then um, we'll be revisiting. So missional marks, things that we want to be true about our church as we gather, whether we're gathered here at a worship gathering, a larger group gathering, or midweek meetup, which will start at the end of the month, or in smaller groups, or just one-on-one or even on our own, our own uh, personal devotional life. We want to be about praying. We want to be about resting, learning, gathering, and contributing. So we believe that as we together live out this rule of life and invite others into it as well, we will create a church where these things will happen. And this gets a little bit more at the purpose of, of Mosaic Church. And this is by way of reminder. So these are our motives and you can find these online as well. So we, we want to be a church that is about, um, <clears throat> oh, I'll read this. Our motives are distinctive what makes us us. They're the rails on which the engine of our church is driven as we follow Jesus and reach out to our world in love. So we want these things to be true about those who are connected to Mosaic Church. And these are, these are the motives. Renewal over religion. So 
By religion, we mean um, man-made efforts to come close to God. And uh, we are a place, we understand that a lot of people who are stepping foot through these doors have a lot of religious baggage. Maybe they haven't stepped foot in the doors of a church in decades. We want to be that place where we can offer renewal and not just another version of religion. A place where we can offer healing over hiding. So if someone comes for the first time and they need to take just a back seat and sit back for a while because there's some hurt and pain and feel like they need to just be a fly on the wall or hide out, that is okay. But eventually, we want to be a place where people can move towards healing in their lives and relationships, mental, emotional, spiritual healing. We want to be a place where people can come and experience grace rather than shame. And we understand that some people walk through the doors and they already experience shame because this is a place of worship and they've had so many hard experiences. We want to be a place where you can experience grace instead of shame. Engagement over avoidance, where we don't want to dodge the hard questions and hard topics of our culture or the hard questions and topics in our own personal lives. We want to, we want to prefer engagement over avoidance. And then finally, service over self. So this is a place where, yes, if you need to come and just camp out and chill out for a while and not serve, we welcome that. We want to create that environment. But eventually, we want to help you take those steps of service, whether it's Sunday morning on one of our Sunday morning teams or in our outreach team connecting with the marginalized community or just setting you up for success in your workplaces and your, in your schools and all these different places where your life is one of service rather than self. And so all of this will result in Mosaic Church being a place that unites people in the way of Jesus. So we are set apart for that purpose. So a little vision for us from the scriptures. In Matthew 5, when Jesus looks out over the crowds, and they're, they're weary and heavy laden, they're like sheep without a shepherd, but yet as they put their faith and trust in him, he says to them, and I say to you, Mosaic, you are the light of the world. We are the light here in Manhattan. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So the light, when you light a candle... It's set apart for a purpose, to light up dark spaces. That is you, that is me, that is us as we depart from here and go into our communities. Another vision casting passage for us is in John, in the upper room when Jesus is just hanging out with his boys, and uh, there's probably women gathered there too. It's probably not just the 12. They're gathered, and he shares with them a new command I give you, a new one, which is also an old one we learn in First John. This is a new command, but yet a, an old command that's been there all along. Love one another. So it's sort of like um, sacrificial love amped up. As I have loved you, and as he is getting ready to demonstrate on the cross, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. This is how they will see that you are set apart for a purpose. 
if you love one another. And by the way, this passage, it seems like it would be easiest to love within the family of God, right? These are people that we share some sort of ideals or values or some sort of theology. But I think Jesus wisely uh, saved this teaching for last. And he, he taught them to love their enemy as, you know, love, you've heard it said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, love your enemy. That stuff is easy compared to loving within the family of God. It's hard to love those that are closest to you, as many of us have experienced. And so that is a, a distinct mark of those who are set apart for a purpose, is love one another. And then finally, mosaic. I encourage you with uh, Galatians 6, 9 to 10, as I encourage myself, let us not become weary in doing good. Has anyone experienced some weariness? Like you're, you're trying, you're, you're trying to do good, you're trying to be faithful. Maybe you've been at this for years. Uh, I just realized, um, I was doing some reading in a book that Justin Kastner gave me, and Paul, I apparently walked with Jesus for about 25 years, right? Um, Guys, I'm, I've been walking with Jesus longer than the Apostle Paul did. 42. I came to faith in Christ when I was seven. You do the math. What's that? 35 years. Guys, the, with extended lifetimes, this is hard. Jesus was a carpenter in Nazareth for 20 plus years and then hit it hard for three years and then finished his task of training the 12 and going to the cross, dying, raising again. Man, I could hit it hard for three years if I knew I was done after that. Guys, we have decades. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Jesus, he's, he's listening. We have decades. This stuff, this is, wears us down. Um, and so Paul's words as he wrote to the churches in Galatia, they didn't live as long as we did. They were experiencing persecution. We are in this for the long haul. And so Paul's words are just as important to us today as they were back then. Let us not become weary in doing good. Friends, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. So as we learn about loving our neighbor as ourself, Jesus divides all potential walls we would build around who our neighbors are. Anyone could be your neighbor, but Paul says, especially those to those who belong to the family of believers. Again, it's, it's so hard to truly love those closest to you who know how to get under your skin, who know your issues. So let's not become weary in doing good in 2024. We will reap a harvest if we don't give up. So, Mosaic Church, we want to reap a harvest. We want to grow. We want to grow both personally and as a community. We want to bear fruit, fruit that will last. So the rest of the time, I want to talk about one way that we can tend to the soil of our soul so that we can grow. So there's a tool that can help us get there. And every year... I can't help but talk about this with friends, with family members, and find a way to sneak it in on a Sunday morning. So it's word of the year. <clears throat> so word of the year 
It's not a goal or a resolution. It's, it's just a growth word where you sense God wanting you to cooperate with him on. And if you're out there and you say, you know, I don't yet know Christ. I don't have a relationship with God. That is completely fine. This, this, this uh, idea will work for you as well. And I like to talk with my friends who don't know God about their word of the year as well. So I want to invite everyone into this to consider joining in this practice. So a few assumptions that I, that I have as I present this to you is, one is that God is already at work in your life. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is already at work wanting you to grow? He has his eye on some area. So I ask you the question and maybe think about it. Where is God at work in my life? Maybe things have come up on a Sunday morning as you've heard someone talk or you've listened to the radio or a song's come up or a, a, a comment from a friend or a spouse. Something comes to mind. You know God is at work in your life. God cares more about your growth than you do. Um, I'm so used to uh, pulling up Instagram and yes, I'm, I've succumbed sometimes to that doomsday scroll and my algorithm often feeds me all sorts of like self-help stuff. You know, it's some guy, super fit, talking about his 4 a.m. routine and how he crushes it every single day. Does anyone else get those things in their algorithm? This <laughs> is a quick raise of the hand. Yeah, it's feeding me this stuff because apparently that's what I, I aspire or want to be. Um, but man, I can't do it, right? I, can't, I cannot follow through with all those Aspirations, and I often throw my hands up in the air and, and uh, give in to laziness or lethargy. Um, and, it, and just, it's, it's so self-focused. But yet God cares more about our growth than we do. But yet he is so gentle and kind and tender. And he will lead us um, like a sheep to water. He'll help us rest like in Psalm 23. Another assumption I want to make is that true growth is slow and often difficult. So you may have been trying it, you know, you, you have a goal for, you keep a goal for two weeks, you're like, I didn't, my life didn't change, and then you, you quit. Friends, true spiritual growth is often slow and difficult. Another assumption I make as I bring this is that growth happens internally before you see it. So what's happening inside of me needs to be paid attention to. So as we talk about word of the year, I encourage you to bring your curiosity. Just bring curiosity. Hey, is there a concept, a, a word, somewhere that God would, would lead me in to pay attention and grow? Bring your cooperation and bring compassion to yourself. So maybe you already have ideas coming to mind. Feel free to make note of that. Jot those down. No rush to pick a word of the year. I used to try to make sure I had a word by January 1st until I realized that it takes us time to get through the holidays, let the dust settle, let those resolutions that you made and hit the ground running that you failed at two weeks in. Okay, now we can be curious and get down to real business with God. So no rush to pick a word. If you need a goal, maybe choose Kansas Day as a goal to have your word solidified. When's Kansas Day? 
January 29th, and we know that because Justin Kastner is encouraging us to shore up giving by that time so we can budget. So my challenge is for you to choose a worthy year in cooperation with the Spirit of God by January 29th. And I would love to hear it. Share it with me. Share it with others. Let's bring curiosity to one another what God is doing in our lives. So to continue... um, sort of like giving you some ideas, some thoughts. We're going to turn back to Galatians 5, where Paul is writing, you can go to the next passage. Paul is writing to the churches in Galatia. Do we have the... Oh, okay, okay. Um, And he's writing to these people who, who began in the Spirit, but now they're working really hard to try to please God. And um, Paul is going to tell them, look, this is what the fruit of the Spirit, when the, when the Spirit of God is taking root in your life, this is what will emerge or come or flow out of you. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And uh, early in Jesus' teaching um, on the Sermon on the Mount, He talked about how a bad tree produces bad fruit and a good tree produces good fruit. And you will tell who is following Christ by their fruit, right? Fruit here is singular, right? So this is the fruit of the Spirit. So it's it's, um, either one piece of fruit, the fruit is love, and all these words describe that. That's how some scholars think of it. So the Fruit of the Spirit is love, and this is defining it. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Or it's more like a cluster of grapes, right? All of this fruit is growing together. So it's not like you just focus in and, and only focus on joy. You know, so this year I'm going to crush joy, knock that out. Next year I'm going to crush peace, right? Um, These things grow together if it's fruit of the Spirit. Jonathan Edwards, great um, American theologian, he said that, and here's here's a big word for you, there is a concatenation of the graces of Christianity. There's a concatenation of the graces of Christianity, meaning that this fruit grows together if it's fruit of the Spirit. If it's a work of the flesh, you might focus on self control, and so you've got all your disciplines and all this stuff but you're super irritable. You're not patient. You're not kind. Or maybe you focus on love and faithfulness without the self-control and there's, there's uh, laziness. So Okay, so again, growth is slow. You can't always see it happening. Um, if you look at your, your life day by day, week by week, chances are high that you're going to feel like you're failing. But if you look at your life year by year, maybe you can begin to see growth. Uh, Paul said to Timothy, um, his young protege, he said, be diligent in these matters. This is 1 Timothy 4, 15. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Um, And what he's talking to him about 
uh, doing is don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity. So Paul's talking to Timothy and he's saying, you've got to be diligent. Keep at this. You want people to see you grow, but it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. I had a conversation with a, a friend uh, this past week, and they'll probably know who I'm talking about. And to hear this friend um, reflect on their life and um, to, to, walk, to watch their journey of faith. And if you were to see their life now, you may or may not be able to identify the fruit that is beginning to emerge. But hearing this person reflect on their life and where they're at with Jesus, there is a depth, a resilience there, something that you would not be able to see unless you had walked for many years with this person. And it was, it was awesome to see that and to begin to see those first fruits, those first little shoots out of the, out of the ground. You know, the tall grass prairie, um, you know how, how deep the roots go? Anyone a tall grass expert? Who, how, how deep do they go? I've read they go up to nine feet deep, right? So the prairie fires come, they burn everything away. You know, those are our trials or tribulations, whatever it is. That's necessary for, for um, robust growth as far as I understand it. And you, when do you begin to see those, those shoots? After a whole lot of growing has already occurred, right? And then finally, you see the, the little sprouts. And it's a beautiful thing. But the, the roots go much deeper than the grass itself. So growth is slow. Growth is internal. Okay. A smattering of notes here. Where will I go? I wanted to share just a little bit of my own journey with these words of the year, give you a few more ideas. So we've given you the motives, renewal over religion, healing over hiding. There's great words there. Maybe God's doing something in your heart related to that. The fruit of the spirit was like, you know, um, I need to focus in on joy, not at the expense of these others, but um, here's a few of my words over the last 12 years. So I started this in 2011 and I made myself a word cloud. So 12 years of Ben's words of the years. And there's um, actually 16 words on there because one year I pivoted halfway through, you know, hey, compassion, grace, this is for you. And also I've included the Greek and Hebrew of two of the words. So there's more than 12 words there. But over the years, um, as, I, as I began this journey, 2011, I uh, can't remember who, who first initiated it, if it was my um, supervisor at New Hope Church or myself or someone, but this idea of word of the year came up. And of course, I, you know, I'm an Enneagram One, similar to Josh, I'm kind of a sucker for the life hacks and the let's get our schedule going and go after it. So I thought, my word of the year is going to be discipline. And I looked at Maris. I said, discipline, that's my word of the year. And she looked at me. She said, how about, where is it? Sensitivity. I was like, oh, dang it. She's right. Yeah, I was pulled. I wanted to just try to figure out a schedule and be disciplined. But she had, 
She knew me better than I knew myself, where I needed to focus in sensitivity. Now, I look back over these 12 years. Am I now an expert in sensitivity? No, I am not. But have I grown some? Yes, I think I have. Um, one year, where's this word? Splack knot. One year I was, um, I was just really taken with Luke 15, the parable of the prodigal son. And the, the, the image of where the father, if you, know, if you don't know the story, you can read it, Luke 15, um, the third story there, probably my favorite of Jesus' teachings. The younger son takes his inheritance and leaves the family, basically wishing the father he was dead, takes his money, squanders it all. Meanwhile, the father is waiting day after day, looking across the horizon. And when he sees his son crest the horizon, it says he is filled with compassion or splagnon, compassion. He's filled with compassion and he runs to meet his son. So that, that one verse there in Luke 15, I think it's verse 32, someone could check me. I got a couple words of the year out of that. One year I connected run, my physical running. I ran some half marathons, but I thought of the father running to the son and how he had to be prepared once he saw his son be prepared to actually move towards him. So that's a preparation physically, but also emotionally, spiritually ready to receive him. So I'm just giving you a few thoughts here. Now, am I, have I knocked this out of the, this is my word of the year for 2018. Am I a super compassionate dude? No, plenty of room to grow. Am I more compassionate now than I was then? I, I hope so. I think so. Uh, a few years ago, COVID hits. Everyone's stressed. We feel the turmoil that was the year I got a therapist. That flowed out of my word of the year in my wrestling with God. And um, the key passage that came to mind for me that year is the story of Jesus asleep in the storm. You know that story? If you don't know that story, go check it out. It's, a, it's an amazing story where Jesus on the boat He's exhausted. He's been laying his life down for so many folks. He's tired. He wants to sleep. A storm arises. I don't know if Jesus just felt like it was rocking him to sleep or, or what was happening. He's taking a nap. And um, in the chaos, everyone is freaked out. They're afraid. And so Jesus, calm, calm as he could be, stands up and says, peace or be calm to the, to the storm. And there's a calm. And so that year I thought, I really need to think about the calmness that Jesus has that he's inviting me into. Now, am I completely calm all the time? Do I, am I done with the therapist work? No, but has there been growth and progress and internal work? Maybe that's still yet to bear fruit. Yes. So I'm still considering and thinking, what will my word be for 2024? And... I, I plan to talk to my wife, to my kids. If something comes to your mind as you've seen me or interacted with me, I'm, I would love to have that conversation and be curious with you. So that's my challenge for you, Mosaic Church, as we are set apart 
to live out the mission God has for us, to be that, that um, light on a hill out there, that we would also do the internal work to be curious about what God is doing in our lives and to find a word that we can help one another grow in. So now I want to invite us to stand. We're going to pray together, take the Lord's Supper together, and sing together, and then go and represent Christ in Manhattan, Kansas. So I invite the worship team to come on up. So on the night that Jesus was betrayed, um, in Luke 22 it says, and I think we have the passage here, that Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup, or sorry, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And before we say the Lord's Prayer together, just a couple moments to reflect. Where is God at work in your life this year? Thank you for listening to the Mosaic Church podcast. For more teachings, resources, and other news, please visit mosaicmhk.com.